right, we're back for the From Here to There podcast where we um, talk about discipleship and um, how we move from here to there. And we're in the season where we're um, just kind of interviewing a few people um, to kind of hear their stories and, and how God's working in their life. And uh, today I have Mark and Debbie Sabur on. Um, been coming to Higher Hope probably for 10 plus years, uh, almost from the beginning of the uh, Wings of Eagles where we met there. Um, a great couple who uh, we love and um, serve in so many different ways. And um, over the years, we've been in a few small groups where we got to hear some stories. And uh, I just, I'm excited to hear, have you all hear some of Mark and Debbie's stories of what God has done um, in their life. And so I'm just going to let them introduce themselves a little bit, how long they've been married, if you want to, or uh, just some details about what uh, you're up to now. Um, hi, I'm Debbie, and we've been married. 47 years. I'm Mark, and yeah, I've been married 40, no, 47 years also. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a, a wonderful experience. You know, it's had its ups and downs, but uh, we've been lucky that uh, we met the Lord early on in our marriage. Uh, Debbie's grandmother was so instrumental in that, in fostering us, you know, when we first got married and leading us through. Uh, 47 years is obviously a long time, three years to the 50, which is, is really cool. It's always a marking point for us to celebrate at church. Um, but I know that those 47 years have had a lot of ups and downs along the way, some struggles, um, some good points, I mean, obviously some great points. But uh, sometimes in that journey, you may have wanted to quit and or close to quitting. I just want to tell the story of your marriage and, and how um, how hard it was at points and then how God worked in you through it. Well, um, we started out, we were 20 and 21, both of us just. Uh, with our anniversary, we got married. I turned 20, four days later, we got married. Three days after that, Mark turned 21. Um, started out great. Uh, we were going to do all the things that um, young couples want to do without parental involvement and rules, and and we started out that way, and that meant um, sadly giving up church, which we had both uh, been active in as youth and uh, both pretty much grown up in the church. Um, and then before you know it, we had three kids. By the time I was 27, Mark was 28, and um, Three homes, I think, by then. We, we moved to Arcourt, and um, we moved to Arcourt when we had two children. And for me, that's when um, my life started to change. Probably my focus on things. Uh, I didn't want to move, and uh, we initially thought when Mark accepted the job that we could um, he could commute. And then after he accepted his company, he said, no, we really want you to live here. And so we made the move from a residential community, um, from a job I loved part-time, um, to a house out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, two babies that, at that time, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And um, it, was a, a, it was difficult. And for me, it was uh, a change. Uh, computers were, you know, they were really taking off. I was a com computer professional. Uh, before long, I was uh, given the managership at uh, the job we took in Hornell. So basically, my time 
became much more involved in work rather than home issues. And uh, it became tough. And as dad kept telling me, why did I move to this godforsaken place? But, you know, it was a job. They were, you know, we were, we were doing well at that point in time. Um, you know, like that said, we had two kids. Uh, the third one was coming. And, uh, but we just did not, we weren't working together at that point in time, I'd say. Um, and it was a little bit later than that. So I think we lived there two years and we had our third baby. Um, by then, we had become involved in a wonderful church. Um, and I jumped in with both feet. Every time I was asked to do something, I said, sure. And with three under six at that time, um, things started to pile up. Um, we ended up with quite a bit of credit card debt. Um, we took vacations instead of paying bills. Um, so the money stress added to things. Many times we were a one-car family. Um, and it got to the point where I just wanted to end it. Um, I just, in fact, I told Mark, um, I'm not happy and um, I, I want to walk away. So do you, you, I imagine you remember that day of that conversation. Um, tell me, what, what did that, from both your points of view, like what did that day, it was a pivotal moment, I'm sure, like what did that day feel like and how did it, how did it go, you know, I'm sure you're scared to say this in some ways. Um, it was heart-wrenching because I had made some poor decisions. Um, and I felt the problems were all me. Everything that was happening um, was my fault due to some poor decisions that I had made. Well, for me, I did realize that I was taking advantage of them. And uh, I tried desperately to turn that around with you know, helping more at the house and being there more at the house and, uh, you know, simple things. You know, she used to say to me, you know, you used to send me flowers. Uh, I haven't gotten a card in a long time. So these were, you know, and for me, um, prayer became a very, very big thing. And I just started, you know, praying my heart out every day and, by this time, I was working in Castile, uh, so I was uh, commuting there every day, and that became an issue. But yeah, you know, I was trying desperately to work around it and and work it out. And um, it wasn't it, it wasn't the answer. Um, looking back, he was trying, but I still said I'm not happy and. Um, he made one uh, last plea and said, would you go for counseling? And I was like, yeah, okay. Thinking in the back of my mind, I already had my mind made up that this was it. And he opened the phone book and pointed to a name, called and made an appointment. And here's the one of the first God things in our marriage was a Christian counselor. And, you know, he... And he talked to us. He, you know, put it all on the line, what was going on, what we were doing, you know, what we would be doing to our children. And, you know, it uh, it just 
and it didn't work. It, it wasn't, I don't want anyone to think that it was a one-time fix. This was over the course of a year, um, weekly, and um, a lot of money, but it was worth every minute we spent there and every dime because we fell back in love. He gave us exercises to do and um, remember this and remember that, and um, everything just fell into place. And I might add, at the time, I didn't want anyone to know, and I thought no one did know, but actually Mark's early morning men's group all knew and were praying. I didn't stop going to church. I didn't stop being in the groups I was in, but I acted like everything was fine. Um, but after we worked things out, many years later, actually, I found out that this men's group had prayed for us. And so, of course, the power of prayer, um, a Christian um, marriage counselor, and uh, the willingness God wanted us to be together. And a lot of work. I mean, um, years, you know, you generally you don't just all of a sudden turn a switch and everything gets turned around. There's a yeah. lot of hurts, a lot of um, wounds, a lot of frustrations that have built up over the years and to get to that point. And so I imagine it took you a little while while still raising kids, working a job yeah. to get past that. It did. It did. But um, uh, that was a bad thing. It really was. And our marriage turned out to be better and stronger than ever, which um, really just a few years later is when our health journey began. Just one line question on that. Part of what I see as a pastor is it takes two people who are willing to turn back in and try in order to make it work. If one of you is not willing, and I guess at some point both of you said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the counseling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all that I can to make this work before we pull the plug on this. Um, so I guess you both made that commitment at the counselor, or at what point did you both say, well, we're going to do this? Well, had that commitment right from the start. He wasn't letting go without a fight. I felt I owed him that as the father of our children and the years that we'd had together. So we were high school sweethearts. So I was like, oh, all right, I'll go. I owe him at least that. And then uh, I actually had some counseling one-on-one -on -one with a counselor without Mark present because there were things that I wanted to say, but I didn't want to hurt him. And um, at first, I wasn't going to do that either. And then I was like, Mark said, go ahead. You can talk to him without me. That's And I did. And then again, that, that helped heal me. Yeah, and then you fast forward 20, 30 years and see what I'm amazed. I'm amazed that if you look back and say, if you would have quit at that moment, how much you could have missed out on on the story of you guys' life. Oh my goodness. Um, vacations and memories and grand, the grandkid experience, raising children. raising children. And because you both really worked at it and said, we're going to do all that we can to save this, um, how much on the back end you're rewarded um, for that, even up to today and all the experiences that you have today. So it's that, that if there's um, one thing I would say about your stories for people to hear is don't give up too soon. Give all that you can, give every opportunity you can to make it work because there can be good at the back end. Definitely. I mean, we were, I think I was 30, and you were 31 when the, you know, the rough patch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a five-year-old, uh, a five-year-old, um, seven-and-a-half-year-old, and a 
10-year-old, I think. So. All right. So really cool. Um, we're going to... And I don't, this is probably a little later, maybe. Um, Mark uh, was diagnosed with MS at some point along the way. And obviously that put a whole different um, spin on your relationship and what God's doing. And and yet God showed up even in that. So talk through, first of all, Mark, how that, and both of you really, because it's a different experience for the spouses it is for, but real quick, like how did that, when you found, heard that and you like, was it a gut punch? What, how did you process that? Well, this was in uh, 1989, and uh, I had had some uh, problems where I woke up one morning and got in the shower, and the bottom of my feet were numb. Within two days, it had moved, the numbness had moved up to through all my extremities and to the chest level. Um, it was scary. It truly was scary. We got a neurologist. Uh, my family doctor thought it was a back issue, something with my back. We went through uh, all kinds of tests. That way, there was nothing with my spine or anything else. So she got me into a neurologist in Hornell. He looked at me and nothing was getting better. Um, actually, things were going downhill. My speech was being affected. My walking was being affected. So, and he was really not sure he was a he was a small town Hornell uh, uh, neurologist he wasn't sure so he got me into uh, strong Memorial Hospital to the clinic up there the MS clinic they immediately admitted me into the hospital and started running various tests and I think it was a Friday afternoon after I had a MRI that the uh, head of neurology came in to our room. Deb was sitting there with me. And he said, um, I want to tell you that the MRI did show up something. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad as what we thought it was going to be. We had a spinal surgeon on call for you with the with your MRI that if it would have come up to be a tumor. But what it what it is pointing to be, which is something called transverse myelitis. Well, transverse myelitis is one of the multiple sclerosis symptoms that you can multiple sclerosis means you have a, the disease in multiple places. Well that for me was the first place that it actually showed up. It was a a cloudy patch at the C7 vertebrae. So how long was it before the numbness in your feet to um, that conversation on that Friday? Uh, it was about a month okay. from the original, original tests until that uh, diagnosis. And uh, basically the doctor said, yeah, we feel you have multiple sclerosis, that eventually other things will going to pop up. And it's funny, for me, um, when I was in high school, uh, Deb and I were both in a uh, folk singing group, and our leader, his father, had multiple sclerosis. So I was, you know, knew what it was, and all everything that was, you know, and I, would say it was the Lord talking to me that when the doctor said that, 
It was not a shock to me. I just had to, had a feeling. So, so for there, it you know, we went back home and started dealing with it. Right, Debbie, did you have a different? Um, I how did was your experience? because I saw when the doctor came in um, and said the first thing he said was we have a surgeon standing by. Um, we're looking for a spinal cord tumor, and if it's that, we'll be he'll be going into surgery tonight. So there was a little bit of a gap there between that and finding out it wasn't just a few hours. But I remember sitting there thinking, um, wow, a month ago or however what the time frame was, I had this wonderful life. My husband was a skier and a little league coach and all the things you do in your 30s when your kids are that age. And, um, you know, we survived a struggle in our marriage and um, we just had a really good life then. And I was like, wow, how could this be happening? So um, there's some God stories in it, though. Um, you know, I've been a part of some, like I've seen it from a distance on some of those. Um, you want to share a couple of those of how God provided and worked? And well, you know, right, right from the beginning, uh, the fact that I was at Strong Hospital, which is one of the leading multiple sclerosis research centers also, the uh, University of Rochester, and I was lucky to uh, be turned over to Dr. Goodman, who was, not only was he the head of the multiple sclerosis neurology department, he was also a, a leading... A leader in developing... Developing... Uh, new medications. New medications. And it was the new medication that... And every time something new was out and approved, FDA approved, he pushed for me to get it. I was at, I was at a point where about every 90 days I was I would have to go for a uh, steroid inje uh, infusion of three days of a thousand milligrams of steroids a day a day that was you know, that was taking a real habit on my body. But what would happen is it would run through my system. I would backslide. I wouldn't, each time I wasn't getting as good coming back as I was, I would lose, I would lose the ability to speak, put two words together. And the development of the beta steroid, beta serum, beta serum, medication which i have been on now for i believe 25 years it's not it was never a cure for an ms but it was a blocker so what happened was i would go long periods of time without having a relapse i would go five six years and i've been on on that medication ever since but one of the great God stories about the whole thing was when I first went on it, that medication cost a thousand dollars a month. And through insurance and whatnot, over the years, it you know we were able to you know come up with the funds for that. Well, over time, the medication is now ten thousand dollars a month. And now we have kids in college. At the time. At the time, insurance still. You know, we were good with insurance. Well, five years ago, when I, re I retired, 
Oh, the other thing was that as long as I was working and on insurance, the corporations that manufactured were allowed to help the people where it was not costing me a cent. I would I could get the you know through or it would cost me ten dollars or or whatnot. As soon as I retired and went off of commercial insurance, that was no longer available to me. Plus, there was another medication that came out, which was called Ampura, which at the point in time that I started on that, I was still having difficulty walking. I used a cane. I had you know problems getting around, uh, tripping and whatnot. And Ampura was, once again, Dr. Goodman uh, out of his research lab, that was the first medication that was specifically for MS and would help you. Could help, uh, could, could help you. There was no guarantee with that medicine. He said, for some people, we see dramatic results. Some we, we don't. We don't see any result. I was very fortunate. Within, within taking the Empiric for a month, my walking improved. I was able, I've been able to give up the cane. I you know, still stumble once in a while, but it's nothing, nothing to, to what it was before. Yeah. Um, I would say multiple times, and we'd be sitting at uh, Bagels and Blarney, and you'd be frustrated or concerned about where we get the money now, where my insurance, you're shifting from certain insurance to insurance, and I don't know, there's probably, I think a couple times where you would say, you'd come in the next week and say, you'll never believe this. Oh, Go ahead, finish the story. Well, you know, when I went, when, after I went on disability and was able to on Medicare, mm -hmm. okay, the help wasn't there for me anymore. So I started, uh, I went to the Office for the Aging, and they said, go to this site, and there are grants out there for different diseases. I said, okay, and because I had no idea where I was going to come up with the $10,000 a month. We were. We were. Yeah, it would have been whole life passed before us. Like, this, what are we going to do? So I went to the site and actually found found a site for MS, and my medication was on there. I submitted all the paperwork to do it, and lo and behold, I get a call back, and I got a uh, first first uh, grant was like fifty thousand dollars to cover a year's worth of supply for my medication. And I couldn't believe, you know, this was the Lord working. You know, this is. Honestly, I thought, yeah, right. There's no free lunch. This is, there's got to be a catch. What's the catch? I thought, oh, this is going to be good. You're going to have to pay for it up front and then submit it. We can't even do that. How are we going to do that? And he called our pharmacist, and they were like, oh, yeah, no, we, we participate with that. Not a problem. Just give me right. all the info. And numerous times we've been down to the last few hundred dollars left in the grant. And if that grant hasn't been available, they've said, try this one. And we're like, huh? And we've tried that. I have a and, and advocate in my MS office now that, you know, when it gets down, all's, actually all I have, and she's helped me in the last two years, 
is I call her to let her know that my grant has run out or the, the you know, grants are for one year only. And then you have to renew them. I will tell her my grant has run out. She will get on. I don't know who she calls her or whatnot. Next thing I know, I've got another grant. It's just amazing how God shows yes. up and he waits to the last minute. Like I remember some of those were like last, last, minute, last yeah. second yeah. kind of things. Like we that. may able to share that information with other people that it may or may not have helped, but right. we've been able to say, hey, try this. And hopefully through right. that, they've been able to get help. So God's been faithful even in that uh, journey of, yes. of that. And, and actually, if you would, if you're only listening, you probably wouldn't appreciate the journey for 30 years and how uh, strong Mark is now. You would probably not guess that he had MS for 30 years um, and how active he is and, and how much movement you, you've really come from. No cane, from cane and hard walking. And you said hard, hard to speak sometimes to where you are today. So it's, it's really cool to see God do that. Let me just switch gears. I, I kind of remember the first Sunday you came to Higher Hope. We were at the Wings of Eagles. I think I met you standing at the windows before you came in. You were with your mom, with yeah, um, Debbie's mom. Um, and I, I don't know if you said it or we talked about it later, but you had you had this thing like, I'm just going to come to church. Um, and because I've, I, I don't know if this is the phrase you actually said, but I've done, I've served a lot. And therefore, I just want to sit back and relax. And yet somehow that's not how you've been. Um, <laughs> So what shifted in you and, and, and why? And, and what? And, I started to come to, to Higher Hope as a way to spend more time with my mom. I would pick her up Sunday morning and we would come to the Wings of Eagles and um, then we'd go out for breakfast afterwards. It was just the two of us. And after a couple of weeks, I said to Mark, uh, and he missed, he missed coming with me. We, we missed worshiping together. Um, and I said, I think that you would like the pastor there and the people. They're very friendly. And I said, um, why don't you come with me? And he said, okay. So um, we just started coming. And I think the very first thing that I served, um, and I don't know why, they needed help in Sunday school, the preschoolers. And I didn't want to do it every week. I said, okay, I'll, you know, that was my, I'm not getting involved in this. But I did do this before. So I could do one Sunday a month. So that's how it started. And I had your kids. Right. So, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. But it's grown. I mean, again, you've been on our leadership team. Mark served as trustees, along with doing some crazy acting things at different times, marriage ministry. I mean, there's been a wide range of things. But why don't we fast forward? Because I think the Transformation Center is the point where I, especially watch Debbie, you, you just, there is something that clicked in that to me. Like you, you fell in love with this ministry. I did. Um, did it. Okay. So um, I don't know why I'm so passionate about the center, except um, I love it. I love what I do. I love the people. Um, I love the connections that we I've made there. Um, last night, for example, we had eight meals left. And usually what we do is we pop them in the refrigerator and I spread the word to uh, the people there. Pastor Jeremy Lavalia, our community coordinator, Tammy, our children's um, ministry leader, um, and say, hey, there's food in the fridge. If you need it for anybody, help, give it away. And I went out and got in the car. Z and Ron had left, and um, this little boy was knocking on the door. No coat on. He did have a coat, but he's a, he was a neighborhood regular. But he ran across the street, knocked on the door. 
I'm just getting in my car and I say, honey, do you need a meal? And he said, yes, I need four. I know the family well. So I pulled back in. I said, wait a minute, pulled back in, went and got four. He starts to cross the road and one tips upside down the snowbank. I get back out of the car, help him take him across the road, and his grandma says, I need four more. Do I want to stop and go back and give her four more that I know I have? Part of me wanted to get in my car and drive off, but the other part said, you've got them, go get them. So I had the little guy come back over with me, brought him into the kitchen so he'd warm up, got a box, loaded up the dinners, and this, this is what gets me. I had a container of cookies sitting there, and he said, oh, cookies, can I have these? And I said, sure you can, so I put the container in the box. And when you think of what a cookie, how many of us don't have have cookies in our, our refrigerator or our cupboard or how many cookies a day do we give to our grandkids or our own kids? And this little boy just wanted these cookies. And he said, can I have both of them? There was another container. And I said, sure you can. And I popped that in the box. And I helped him across the street, got in my car, and came home. And that is my God story. And that so, is why I do what I do. There are so many pieces to that, too. I, I see the... The community of people that you get to serve with alongside and the friendships and the depth of relationship you have with them and really you guys are serving together and, and i love to watch that and i also get to see the get and hear the stories of how the people who you're feeding and, and the relationship you know it's not real it's food is is a avenue to a relationship and and now you know them by name and and they they know mm -hmm. you and they trust you and um, and i will uh, i'll back up and say so when i sent you the Pastor Mike, the email said, I'll do it. And word must have gotten around. And before I actually started, I got a private message off of Facebook from this lady that said, hey, I heard you're gonna do this meal thing. And my husband and I have some experience at the community kitchen. If your team isn't too full, I'd be interested in helping. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I don't have a team. And that's exactly what I told her. Fast forward, Z Bennett joined me. And um, without Ziola Bennett and Ren, we wouldn't do what we do. We're a team. And that was another bad story because I have to say, after I said, sure, I'll do it, I was like, oh boy, what am I, what am I doing? What am I, what am I getting myself into? How am I gonna do this? And it just all fell into place. We clicked and we've been doing it. This is our fourth February doing it. I didn't realize it's that long. And what's really cool too is how God, you know, talk about um, God providing for you guys as a family through MS and the medicine. I think God's done that with the transformation center of the meals from the food pantry and what you get from there, from donations from various business. I think the other day I heard, saw that you had Curly's deliver um, through Kennedy Valve, uh, yes. delivered 100 meals. And so yes. it's like God like provided and all along the way. More. That's we have said that through our marriage, through so much. Um, you never know, like in the early years of MS, that actually just the first few months, Mark was off six months, and the people from our church, how they supported us financially. Um, one time we we had to go to a doctor's appointment, and we came back, and our kids were they were little, 
and friends of ours came and dropped off bags of groceries, but one bag was full of everything for ice cream sundaes. And that meant so much as parents. Those were things we didn't buy then. You know, we were on a tight budget, and you never, you never know what something like that means to a family. And we had so many stories like that. Yeah, that's the, the hard part of doing one of these interviews is there are so many God stories. And for, I hope people walk away amazed at even in the midst of difficulty, God shows up. And um, yeah, there's so many other pieces with the Transformation Center and your family. Um, but one of the cool things that Mark has uh, started doing, um, which I'm excited about, because I, I think more grandparents should um, disciple their grandkids along with the parents. But uh, you want to explain um, what you're doing and why you started doing it and, and how much fun you're having with it? Well, it all started uh, Thanksgiving dinner with my granddaughter, Jordan, who's 10. We were sitting around the table, and I brought up the fact that uh, the church had, had put out a, a thing that for the month of December, there are 24 chapters in the book of Luke that if you start on the first and, you know, you finish it up Christmas Day doing, you know, every chapter in the book of Luke. So I was talking, and Jared, my daughter said, oh, that sounds like a great idea, Dad. I, you know. I says, well, you and the kids could, could all do it. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I thought about it. And I, so the next day I got a, Jordan was still at the house. And I said to her, Jordy, what would you think of you and I will do it every single day? I'll read, yeah, we'll read it. And I will send you a trivia question about what we've read. She says, oh, Grandpa, that sounds like a great idea. Well, we did the whole month of December with Luke, and then January 1st, we started the book of Acts. So this morning was Acts 27. We do it Monday through Friday, and I every day I send her the trivia question, and she may not, with her different things she's doing, she may not get to it that night, but she has kept right up with me, you know, answering every one of the questions, and for a 10-year-old, it is so amazing to see her insight when she's answering some of the, because I try to, you know, she's 10, so I try to make the questions fairly simple. And her insight is just amazing. And so uh, once we finish Acts, I'll sit down and we'll discuss what, you know, if she wants to continue, which I assume she will, because we have had a good time at this, and, you know, where we want to go next. I think we'll probably go to one of the other Gospels. It's, it's fun. And, and again, discipleship takes many forms because I know we've done some football games, you know, and sometimes it's the study together, you know, like that. And sometimes it's just time, um, just having conversations with your grandkids or your kids or whoever it is. And discipleship doesn't, I, I love that you're doing it daily. And, and then obviously modern technology allows you to text or whatever, but there, you, you've discipled your other kids, grandkids in a variety of ways. And this is, this is a cool way um, to do that. Uh, I'm going to do the speed round. And so these are random questions. Uh, we'll go back and forth between the two. I'm going to put one minute on the clock. And um, so uh, and then you just go back and forth. Well, the clock's done. Uh, we'll end our uh, interview today. So you ready? Uh, we'll start with Debbie and go back and forth. Um, here we go. Um, favorite Bible verse? Oh, um, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Here, one word for this year. Trust, which I got from... Uh, Pastor Mike's sermon on the second Sunday in January. 
Favorite holiday? Christmas. What's your laugh sound like? <laughs> Favorite hobby? Oh, a gardening. Last book you read? Um, well, I'm reading Paul right now. What was the title of it? The uh, John Clancy book. Right. How do you drink your coffee? Oh, um, more creamer than coffee. There. Uh, if you could be one character in a movie, what character would you be? Captain America. <laughs> Who would play you in a movie, Debbie? Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, the clock went up, so I just want to thank you guys. Um, again, we came in on a Tuesday to um, everybody turn this off. Uh, to just to share your story, and I do appreciate it. And I hope other people um, just get some things. I, I hope that people who are struggling in their marriages kind of see the the glimpse of hope that if they could both turn in and and trust God and pray and, and just kind of reset they, that it can be really sweet. Thirty plus years later, you guys are still um, in love with each other and uh, it, more in love with each other than probably uh, when you were. It's a good, it's a wonderful time. Yeah. And God's provision, again, I hope people see that God God provides as you walk with him. It's, you can never outgive the Lord. That's, that's what we have truly found. Yeah. And so, again, thank you, and I um, hope this helps uh, someone as they're walking their journey.